0: Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Steve Krautus and Andrew Platt's my co-host. We're going to revisit the topic of digging deep, and I just can't really let this go, Andrew. There's just so much to it. Um, I I know that as I look at my own life, um, looking at the obstacles, the hurdles, the walls, the uh, the lies. Really, you know, there's there's a book out there that says uh, that's titled "The Lies We Believe." I want to talk a little bit about my life experience as a youngster and some of the things that were brought to my my hearing and and to my life experience that really have indeed impacted me for a lifetime. I, I know better, but I haven't forgotten. You, we we all know you can forgive, but you never forget. You know, it's that sure. one of those things. Well, when I was in in eleven, I was eleven years old. I was in fifth grade. I don't remember anything, and this makes the point to how impacting these words are that we hear. I don't remember anything that preceded nor that followed this experience. But obviously something was sour um, in the house that morning. I can tell you that uh, of the three children, I was the least studious. I had a hard time in school. It was just challenging for me. Um, didn't ever do real well with grades. I I would tell you, I think I'm smart. I just wasn't academic, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm street smart. I think I'm I'm life smart, but I just didn't do super well with academics. So anyway, my dad, um, that was hard for him because he graduated number two in his class from University of Illinois. He had gone to UCLA, uh, UC Berkeley, rather. No, he went to UCLA. And then he went to University of Illinois. He was just a brilliant guy. Number two in his class. That's pretty smart. I think anybody would agree. My brother and sister were endowed with that same level of intelligence. My sister got a master's. My brother, just smart individuals, never struggled with school. I always struggled, so I lagged. So your dad was probably angry. My dad was angry about that and and was trying to bless his heart. I can say that now as an adult. He did the best he could, but in his frustration, he would express that through anger and insult. So he basically told me, Coming out of the house, I, I remember the, the the time stamp on the thing. It was probably about seven thirty in the morning, heading off to Mark Twain Elementary in Florissant, Missouri, where I was raised. Came out of the front door, and within two seconds of closing the door, the sash to their master bedroom window flew open, and my dad said, "You're never going to mount anything. You'll be fortunate if you can if you if you're able to drive a trash truck." So now, now realize where I'm going. I'm going to school to learn and to be educated and to experience life and to, you know, begin to track into what my future might hold. Even at 11, you're in this preparation phase, of course. And my my dad just told me I was worthless. That's really what that translated to me. So now I got to hit the day of school early in the morning, you know, um, Still not fully awake. How
1: did that impact you all the way up to like teenage years? Oh my gosh. Oh my
0: gosh. And then that wasn't the only thing. There were many, many other experiences. I won't go into all of them. We've all had experiences. I'm not afraid to go into them, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on that simply because there's another purpose to this podcast. But suffice it to say, there were many things that were said to me as a youngster that impacted me negatively and made me think of myself lowly. I really wasn't very worthy. Um, uh, and then, you know, you heap onto that all, the, all of our own natural tendencies. You know, you look in the mirror, you don't like this, you don't like that. Um, and, and suddenly you've got, you know, a pretty tough hill to climb in terms of self-confidence and, and awareness and, and, and comfort, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you look back at my dad, he had himself suffered greatly. He was told as a youngster um, that, that two things you don't want to see in a man. And he was told this. Uh, not directly. His mom was in the kitchen with his sister, and he was in what they called the parlor back then of their of their home in Clayton. and And his mother told his sister, "You never want to date a man with glasses or that is short." Guess what? My dad wore glasses and he was short. She never said this to him directly, but he overheard it. So the power of that is: be careful what you say because you don't know who may be listening. Of course, but I didn't know any of this until my dad uh, passed away in two thousand eight at the age of eighty two. When, it, when mom called us over to the house to go through their per, dad's personal effects and take the things you wanted and so on and so forth, and we'd get rid of the rest. But I was going through the side uh, drawer to his bed and found these little cut folded pieces of paper that were taped together. And I there were a dozen or more of them. And I said, hey, mom, what are these? She sat down on the bed and she began to cry. She literally began to cry. And she said, she told me the story that I just told you all about what his mother said to his sister, about what you'd want to find in a man. And at some point in their marriage, he was strong enough to tell mom because he still felt the agony of that issue and, and was unable to hide it because he was cutting these squares to be lifts in his shoes. And the other thing, of course, with the glasses, when he was in high school and then in college and in the Navy during World War II, he refused to wear his glasses. So in order to get in the Navy, he memorized the eye chart. Um, and he never wore his glasses in the Navy. In fact, when when it came out that he wore glasses, they were all surprised. But he actually studied silhouettes of his um, uh, of his staff officers and people in in um, responsible positions over him and and other aspects of of his experience in the Navy were memorized as silhouettes because he refused to wear glasses. So that speaks to the impact that words can have in all of our lives. Now here is an important part of this. To me, these were truths that were spoken into my life. I loved my dad. I looked up to him. So if dad said I was worthless, I believed it. How many of you in this podcast have had something of a similar experience, have believed some truth that was dispersed to you as a truth, but really it was a lie, and yet we took it on. We molded to it. It became. It helped define who we were. And listen to this in Psalm 1-1. Such a, a contrast, Andrew. It says this. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified version, Psalms 1:1. Blessed, happy, fortunate. We could stop right there. Prosperous and enviable is the man who work, who walks, and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice and their plans and their purposes. I'll stop right there. Blessed happy fortunate and prosperous and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly well my dad was not a believer and i uh, and bless his heart i i think he intended well i mean i i really don't think that he had mischievous or 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 misconduct or or um, anger or whatever you want to call it he, he, it was not he really didn't mean those words he was trying to kick me in the pants but what a way to kick me. It, 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 it defeated me for—I mean, I'm 63, and I still remember those words. And for many years, even in my faith walk, it affected who I was. Um, but here, blessed, happy, fortunate are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, which, which suggests, of course, that if we will walk in the counsel of the godly, and that is the Word of God and prayer, time spent in the presence of God through prayer— in those moments, are we blessed, happy, and fortunate? Andrew, any, any reflective thoughts? I've said a lot here. It's a mouthful, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it goes to show you, first of all, that words can really damage you. Yes. And especially from childhood. And we take that damage later on in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, and they manifest in lots of ways. I'm sure you struggle with lots of self-esteem problems, as I, did. I have had, because I've had, not, not to that dramatic effect, but I've had my own issues with Uh, things that were said to me as as a child. But, you know, in Psalm 1, it talks about kind of like how to be transformed out of your thinking or poor thinking. Mm -hmm. So the first one is don't don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. But who are you supposed to listen to? Because we know that we're surrounded by – I don't know if we're surrounded by evil people. I wouldn't say that, but we're people who don't have – don't know enough about God to give you good counsel. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like our parents, some of our parents, some of our relatives, some of our friends we grew up with—they're uh, not horrible people, but they're not godly people. So we're supposed to be surrounded in the company and the presence and the counsel of godly people. And and what uh, obviously they direct our lives, they set us on the right course. They do a self-correction. You say, "Hey, look, you're, you know," they 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 correct us. But the word of the Lord is the power in our lives to correct our thinking. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. It is supernatural, Steve. It's absolutely absolutely supernatural, and it sets. If you're on, if let's face it, in many areas of our life, we have believed lies. We've not only believed them; we've embraced them. We've meditated on those lies. We've heaped hot coals on those lies. We've fired up the the furnace to a thousand yeah, degrees on absolutely. those lies. Oh yeah. And the only thing that has the power to heal our brain and to and to set us in the thinking that God that God has in in, in the right course, in other words, the only the only method to get us to start thinking
0: correctly is His Holy Word. Oh, absolutely! You know, it's funny, Andrew. I I can tell you for years we've talked about in earlier podcasts. We've talked about the in between years. We are shaped, affected, influenced, and and um, positioned in in large part by what happens in the first five years of our life. You know the, the council. PhDs in the in the field of psychology, inside and outside the church will tell you the formative years zero to six, the imprinting that occurs in those years has a, a lifetime impact on us. And it's very hard to reverse. So there's no question but that for most of my Christian walk, the influences of my childhood have impacted my thinking. And not just my thinking, but my reflections on myself, my capabilities, my giftings. You know, I, I have tended because of all of the things I've mentioned and many, many more that I didn't even go into, that were again reinforcements of my dad's sense of my worthlessness. There were many. And and we gotta realize that most of us act out of our, our own insecurity, our own brokenness. I mean, as I said before, knowing my dad as I did in most throughout most of my life, I recognize that those were things said in his own out of his own weakness. Out of his own fullness, out of his own, outside of his own security. In other right. words, he was reaching for whatever he had. He just had a, he had a a, a shallow toolbox. He didn't have depth. He right. didn't have a relationship with God. My dad didn't get saved until uh, a week or two before he died, and it was a genuine prayer of salvation. But it didn't occur until a week before he died. So he was eighty-two. He operated his entire life without a knowledge of God, without a relationship with God, without an understanding of who he really was. So he operated out of the counsel of ungodliness. That's what he operated out of. It speaks to it right here in Psalms one. I just read it, and I just repeated it just now. But the point is, um, He he could only give what he had. He just didn't have much to work with. But look what an impact that's had on my life. So I got saved July 31st of 82, but I brought to the table, the lies that I had been served as a youngster and beyond. So when I stepped into faith, I stepped in with a, with a, an incorrect view and vision. You know, the Bible says we see now through a dark light, then we'll see face to face. So the reason I wanted to revisit this topic today, Andrea, is because it's so burdensome a topic. It is It is really a challenge. I believe everything I've read suggests that men our maskers, you know? I, I talked about it in podcast eleven. We talked about going deep in in um, out of Luke six forty eight in in number episode eleven. We're on it again at thirteen because this is significant. This we're really tapping a, a live vein here. I think that needs to be addressed in the hearts of men. And if we don't get through this as men, if we don't. You know, begin to fully understand. I, I told you all in an early podcast that I struggled with math and then I had this aha moment. So I guess the point was that if I could accept the fact, I'm, I'm going to be silly here and say I understood at a head level that one plus one was two, but I didn't understand the science behind it. Does that make sense? So I don't want to turn this podcast into a psychology session, but. It's, it's great to begin to read God's Word and to begin to cover the lies with this truth, which is the truth. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to the Father, of course. But the point being this, if, if we have a lot of lie behind us that's not really dealt with, that's not really understood as to what, what the cause of that was, then we struggle to allow the truth to really permeate our heart to the point where we have this aha kind so, of. Gotcha so, what do you moment. think
1: about? So, going back to the scripture, it talks about um, the man who digs a deep foundation, and then we talk about the people who don't hardly even build any any foundation at all. Right. What 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 is the difference between the guy who is digging a deep foundation versus what of what is, what is the the real quality that he so he's making his life count? By building his house on the rock, building a deep, deeper, deeper, deeper foundation, and then there's the guy who barely has any foundation at all.
0: Is that, and 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 where where's the disconnect here? Well, I I I think the guy that I mean, I don't think any of us get out of this life unscathed. I mean, Andrew, you know, you mentioned I I, I mentioned I'll mention this to you. This is really curious. So. I've been leading men's ministries for a long time, 15 roughly years or a little bit, or plus or minus. But a frequent question I ask at the beginning of every season of new new session, men's ministry sessions, whatever, is how many of you in here, how many men in this group have come from a broken family? And I would say that probably, I'll say eight out of 10 men will raise their hand to having come from a broken family. And then if I follow that up with a question, how many of you are willing to talk about that? Maybe two hands out of the 10 will Wait, go up. Wait, is
1: it is it a broken family or broken childhood? Well, broken childhood. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah,
0: broken childhood. You've experienced something that 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 broke you, you know, it broke your spirit, that, you know, challenged who a you dysfunctional were. dysfunctional family. Dysfunctional family. So reciting that again, ask the question, eight hands will go up out of 10. Let's say, I'm doing this just off the top of my head here, but only two will go up when you say how many of you are really, really willing to look at it. So that's the issue that I think you just tapped. The, the willingness to dig a deep foundation has to go alongside, parallel with, our willingness to look at what is holding us back. What has our life experience brought to us? A, a, a truth. I, I will tell you what I told you about my dad. It happened to my dad in the story I told about his shoes and his glasses, and it happened to me in the story I told about what he said to me. It was a form of truth that transformed my life for the negative. In other words, I embraced that truth. Steve, you will never amount to anything. I embraced that. Sure. I embraced it. And I believe that became my reality until July 31st of 1982 when I asked Jesus to come into my life. And why did I do that? Why did I even ask him to come into my life? Because I was wrestling with my hopelessness in believing the words my dad had spoken to me as a youngster. It took me, listen to this, guys, seven years to get a four-year degree. Not because I'm stupid, but because I believed I was stupid. Seven years to get a four-year degree. Yeah, I, I went to, I, I, I visited a, psycho- a Christian psychologist. I didn't know he was at the time. My, my parents felt like I was unraveled. They, they didn't really understand what role they played in that. But they had so significantly driven hopelessness into my heart that I was in trouble and I, I would tell you there was a point in my my life at 22 before i started getting counseling when i was suicidal I, I really wanted to take my life i really felt there was nothing to live for so the the point is not that my mom and dad are evil people but i i am a, a living testimony of what it hap- what happens when you embrace lies a truth that became a lie that became a truth and it took me many years to unravel those truths. It took the washing of the water of the Word, but not once, not twice, not three, not ten, a hundred, hundreds of times to review God's Word and believe that it was the truth that would cover a multitude yeah, of Yeah, and
1: that, that revelation is a supernatural re- revelation, folks. It's it not, is. It's not that Steve's now trying to brainwash his own, do it like a self-brainwashing. No. Well, let me read it enough so that I will be convinced this is where motivational books really don't. Uh,
0: they, don't they don't cut the. Muscle.
1: It's it. What's happening here is that the word he's 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 reading the word over all these years. He's meditating on the word, and we'll get into Psalm one here in a minute about the meditation. And that word is significantly spiritually setting him free. The word he's eat. You know, in in Jeremiah chapter fifteen, it talks. Jeremiah talks about eating his word. That it is his delight mm-hmm. actually physically eating eating the pages of the word, how it's his delight, how he's meditating on it, how he's thinking about it and yeah. soul searching. and um, so so the change comes from within. It's a supernatural change that I'm not even going to begin to explain. I'm just going to tell you that it does work. And all those hundreds, if not thousands or tens of thousands of time, that he's meditating on the word to to rearrange the way that he's thinking over many years has a real effect. And a little here, a little there, a little more over here, a little more over
0: there, it adds up. And I would say to you, Steve, that you're a completely different person. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. I mean, I, I look at what's happened to me and I, I'll tell you, life beyond the summit, the the concept, the podcast, the the blogging, um, everything that i put my hand to in coffees with men in ministry etc cetera, et cetera, serving all of it is stemming from what the devil intended for harm god has turned around for his good and believe you me the devil did plenty of harm during those early years before i became a christian having gotten saved july 31st of 82 i was 25 but the, the the washing of the water of the word is what renewed my mind. And, you know, it's interesting. I talked to a guy this morning on the phone. We're going to arrange a coffee, which is nothing new for me, right? It's a, some of the guys in men's ministry call me Mr. Coffee. But um, I said to this guy, what's really happening inside of me, what's really getting exciting to me is that as I become less, in other words, you know, yeah, in a way, in a way, um, we are as filthy rags before the Lord, but in our weakness, he is made strong. And, and what's happening inside of Steve Crowdus is that I'm getting a deeper and deeper revelation of how small I am and how big he is and how the entire purpose of God is to recognize our need and dependence for relationship with him and that he be glorified. And, and in the middle of that, I'm becoming purpose-driven over, over right. my lifetime, I'm recognizing that the Bible says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made as we all are, and that none of us are here without a divine purpose. And I'm discovering that purpose is to glorify him in Psalm all of Psalm 139, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. It's exciting. And so, you know, if you go and read my website, or if you go and if you've been around me and you have coffee and you say, what is it that drives you? Well, it's for freedom that I've been set free and it's the same for any of us that are in the hearing of this podcast. Do we want to experience freedom or do we want to continue to be overwhelmed by the lies that we were fed as youngsters? And there isn't a one of us that hasn't been fed some form of a lie. Um, Andrew, you know,
1: I... I, well, I Steve, go, go ahead, ahead and finish the... So, so there's a caveat here that I want to share with you. So we talk about reading the word a lot. We talk about staring at the word. We talked about you know Steve's talking about turning his eyes to the word mm-hmm. to transform his thinking. Okay, but the other part of that is Steve read the rest of that psalm. Oh yeah, so I want to I want to jump in when you're done. So
0: listen to this. I mean it, it's exciting. So let me let me it, it bears repeating. I'll start at the beginning. I'll read through I'll read through verse two. So let's begin at Psalm one one. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Now here's the but tagline, tagline, verse 2. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. If that isn't powerful.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot there, but just to break it down in simple terms, you have to love his word more than anything else on this earth. You have to hold it tight. You have to keep his word. You have to cherish it. The Bible says, uh, make it your sister it actually says make it as as precious as your sister tie it around your neck write his word on your heart it says in proverbs that his word is more precious than diamonds or rubies and there's nothing greater on earth that you that one may desire and that that meditating in his word day and night is is key here you have to the the word has to become to you an absolute delight. It has to become something you love to do and that you, and you can't just do this when you feel like it, you have to embrace it every single day. And the reason you have to meditate on it day and night is because, um, the more, the more, the more you cherish the word above all other things. Okay. Mm-hmm. The greater the word Will 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 impact your life and transform your thinking. So uh, there's another verse I want to say here. It, it's all throughout the Bible about how precious his word is supposed to be to us. It says in Proverbs three verse eighteen. It says she is a tree of life. She mean mean the word or 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 um, wisdom because we know that the word is God is his word. Mm-hmm. So it says she is a or wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy, here we go. Happy, blessed, considered fortunate to be admired is everyone who holds her tightly. So, the Bible says not only do you, not only is wisdom in the word a tree of life to those who take hold of her, but happier those who take hold of her tightly. Wow! Meaning, yeah. don't let it go. Keep her. Yeah. Keep her is, is or hold fast to her. Mm-hmm. So, we this is this is part of the word that. We have to really embrace the fact that God is making a promise to us that if we will, if we will take, um, you know, uh, look. Well, let me let me divert here a little bit and say this, Steve. Mm-hmm. Since you have uh, embraced the Word, made it your delight, made it your meditation, I, I can honestly say that you've been building a deep
0: foundation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to what it says in Second Corinthians or Second Timothy three sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed." You know this Scripture, Andrew, and all of us know it that are listening. Um, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, which is another way of think, saying right thinking. Correcting and training into right thinking. And and that's what we're, we're we're really wanting to encourage all of us to recognize that in this deep dive for a, a solid foundation in Jesus Christ, it, it it partly comes by recognizing what stands in the way, why that stands in the way, and how to remove it, how to replace the really the the lies that we believe with the truth of God's word, which is eternal and it's forever settled. I mean, why would we want? to believe and trust and hope in anything but something that is eternally settled. That's what it says about God's Word. You know, I read this, um, if I can, Andrew, I want to share this real quick. Um, I I looked at uh, the Charisma News magazine from October 3rd of 2019, um, and I looked at an article that was was basically titled um, Why It's Difficult for Men to Go Deep. And there are three or four things there, but the one I really want to settle on is this. Number three, and we can talk about the others another time, perhaps, but this is what it says is one of the reasons that we we have a difficult time going deep. We strive to find our identity and worldly success. I'm just going to read this straight out. Many men today have something to prove. They are frustrated and insecure because they didn't get the here it is, didn't get the affirmation they needed from parents, especially fathers. So they are driven and performance-oriented. Christian men who are bent in this direction base their identity on what they do and not on who they are. And that's why I think it's so important to, to do a deep dive in your own life and say, what is it that blocks me from wanting to be intimate? Intimate with my wife, intimate with my friends, intimate with fellow believers, intimate, and most importantly, with the Lord. Why are we striving to be defined Wait, by? What let, we do let me stop here, and not what. Could by you who also who say
1: intimate is like another word for just being honest?
0: Yeah, just being honest, just being reflective and willing to reveal what it is that holds you back. Um, let me read on here. The second paragraph: performance orientation leads to all kinds of dysfunction. It drives some men to keep insane work schedules. It fuels a competitive atmosphere. Uh, in the workplace, it pushes men to climb the ladder of success so they can buy the latest toys. Driven men often develop their ten- this tendency because they couldn't please their own dads. Now, that's probably a topic for another day, but it's a significant comment and observation through research. So the church ends up being fully, uh, being full of tormented overachievers who hurt others, especially their own families. In their pursuit of success at all cost, and Andrew and I certainly, and anybody that has pursued righteousness uh, through study of God's word and prayer and relationship with God and others, will discover that that pursuit is not worth um, deliverance to us at all cost. The pursuit of worldly gain and Amen. pleasure is, is just—it's empty. And, and guys, for any of us that have struggled with with the lies that we've settled into in our lives, those things, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and it's his intent to break relationship that God intends to be there between us and God himself.
1: Yeah, I, I would just submit to the guys out there that have issues, you know, whether it's uh, working too hard or not loving your wife like you should, or... You know, maybe not treating your kids properly, or just we all we have people have issues in life for sure, and who kind of self-reflect and say, "Look, you know, I'm I, I'm just not where I want to be." Yeah, and that's just the bottom line. I would just submit to you that you know um you're not you know you've built a shallow foundation, and you haven't gone very deep in that foundation at all, and it starts with. First and foremost, you know, delighting yourself in the law of the Lord and in his law, you'll meditate day and night, making the law or making the word your delight every day. It is like a medicine. It it actually says in Proverbs, the law is like, the word is like medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how to explain it any further than that, just to say we you know of all the things that we've said about how how to how to you know read the word how to study the word how to meditate on the word um it's just a matter of doing it and picking up the bible and and doing it every single day and trusting god kind of giving up and saying look i know this works i know if i keep doing it and doing it long enough i know this is medicine to my life and it will transform my thinking and transform my thoughts and all that gunk and junk from my childhood, or all the things that I'm mixed up in, the wrong thinking, yeah, the the believing of lies, the embracing of mistruths, you know, God is able to get that out of my brain. He's able to heal me from that, and I will be blessed. I will be fortunate. I will be called the blessed. You know, the the, mm, the blessed mm, life. Mm. People will look at me and say, "Wow, I want what you have." But it starts from obeying the Lord and it starts from making a commitment and saying, hey, I want to build a deeper foundation.
0: Yeah, I, I love, David Jeremiah uh, speaks to the concept of being overcomers as opposed to overcome. He says, I'm going to kind of quote this from memory, he says uh, to the guy that's kind of down out, hey, how's it going over there, down under, whatever you're down under? And the guy will say, well, whatever he says about, oh, I'm suffering or he says, well, last I checked, we weren't called to be down under, we were called to be overcome, we're, we're not called to be um, under, we're called to be overcomers, not right. undercomers, overcomers. And so it's kind of a neat little thing that he he has said on a one or two of the messages I've heard him speak to. But yeah, again, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Wow, I want those things. Right, I want to be happy. I want to be fortunate. I want to be prosperous. And this scripture says that the only way to get there is to remove ourselves from the counsel of the ungodly and put ourselves into the counsel of God's word. So, again. If we want to be free that's the way to freedom
1: right i'm not saying i don't have the
0: book open what does it say right after verse two right after verse two yeah oh well listen to this verse three and we shall be like a tree family a a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water ready to bring forth its fruit in season its leaf also shall not fade nor wither and everything it does wow i'm glad you had me read that andrew will prosper and come uh, to maturity, that's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, there's other versions. but he says he, he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water. That this isn't this is its counterpart in Jeremiah. 7, he shall be like a it. He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, who stretches its roots by the river, and uh, when the heat comes, his leaves will not wither, and uh, and and it talks about. So it talks about. That the man who meditates, or the woman, who meditates on the law of the Lord and his delight is in the law of the Lord, he will be blessed. There is a great, great blessing for living this type of life. It's really a roadmap.
0: It is, It's totally. like a
1: treasure, road, it's a treasure, um, you know, it's like a special, what do they call it, Steve, uh, like, here, here's how you find the the
0: the treasure. Uh, oh, a treasure map. It's a treasure a, map yeah, to success. Right, right, exactly. It, it says it right there. Yeah, listen, Andrew, in Psalm... <laughs> this is too fun. Psalm 1-6 says, For the Lord knows... i got to take my glass off because I can't see really well. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish and in ruin and come to naught. You guys, I was on a path. I was on... Um, on a train that was leading to a dead-end track. And I am so thankful that July 31st of 1982, I found the Lord. Now, that's not to say that since July 30 I've said this already, I'll say it again. My life hasn't been flawless. I have been forgiven. I have been made righteous. But it took me a long time to cleanse my mind from the deceitful lies that I was told as a young man. And, you know, the, the sooner we get after this, my, my regret is that I didn't sooner deploy God's word and his spirit. That's correct. I should have deployed what was available to me, but I didn't have the knowledge. And I'm I'm sorry that I spent so much time watching TV in younger years, even as a believer, doing things that I shouldn't have done, you know, that were that didn't glorify God. Um, letting the sin nature rule my life too much, even as a new creature, creature or new creation in Christ, I wasn't always righteous in my behavior or my thinking. And that's sad. I would tell all of us, the, the quicker we deploy what has been availed to us by virtue of confession of faith and knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the sooner we will walk in freedom. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Galatians 2.20, you've heard me say it before, but it's so true. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live on, I live by faith in the Son of God. That is the place we all want to get as quickly as possible. That's the path to freedom.
1: That's right. And it's a free gift. Um it's a free and gift. his word is wow. free. And that changing of the heart, that transforming of the mind, um, the 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 way that your bad thinking then becomes corrected thinking is all supernatural, yeah, folks. Absolutely. It all
0: comes by meditating on the word. Well, we've said a lot today, Andrew. Let's uh, let's let these guys think about this for a week and we'll come back to you next week. Um, you recall that I think last time or the time before I suggested, if you're not good at this, but you want to try this on in terms of doing some self re- reflection, try journaling. I, I think journaling is a great thought and that may be accompanied with some tears as you dig deep to, 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 to look at why you've been held back from experiencing all that God has for you and to begin to experience all that God has for you. Journal this stuff, read God's word, read the truth, journal it, meditate on a day and night, and you too will be the one who is happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Until next time, God bless you. Remember, come uh, come to our website, lifebeyondthesummit.com. My email is lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com. And my phone number is 314-581-4272. God bless and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.